Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd. Thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Ephesians 4.17 Now I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become calloused and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are all members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief steal no longer, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands so that he may have something to share with everyone in need. And let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And here the Apostle Paul is addressing those believers in that ancient city of Ephesus, that important city at this time, and they were learning the things of God like we learn the things of God. No difference between us and them in terms of us being set free, being liberated, being redeemed, and now learning how to live in Christ. And that's something as a new believer for me was confusing. I thought that, hey, listen, I get saved, I receive the Holy Spirit, you know, things are going well, I get baptized, and you know, I do the things that I believe the Scripture says to do, and I expect something really cool to happen, right? And things do happen that are pretty cool, but we have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to look at what we believe, analyze it. What is the right path for me? Well, the right path for the believer is to focus on Christ and get rid of all the things in our lives that are no good to the kingdom. And he goes into this and talks about, for example, if you're a thief. I know lots of thieves. Nobody trusts them. Why not? Because they're a thief. If you genuinely want to be new and different and redeemed, then you have some practical instruction here. Let the thief steal no longer, but let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So what happens here is there's a reversal. This is how God does things. If I am a certain way that's wicked and I don't want to be that way anymore, then I have to make the effort to not do that, but rather do the opposite. So in the case of a thief, instead of stealing from people, which is dishonorable and wrong, what I do is I work hard that I may share with somebody. And what happens in that process, you begin to see this is a better way. As Paul talks about love in 1 Corinthians 13, he says a more excellent way. And that's true. Love is a more excellent way. The love of God, the power of God in us. And this is where we find victory. This is where we overcome those things in our lives that we hate about ourselves 
or that we realize, I got to get rid of this. We do the opposite. That's why Jesus, when he was talking about dealing with your enemies, you know, how do we deal with our enemies? Well, we hate our enemies. We want to put our enemies down. We want to destroy them. And Jesus is like, no, you love them. It's like, what? That's a complete reversal from logic. You have an enemy that wants to harm you. You need to put them down. You need to stay away from them at minimum. Jesus is like, no. What you need to do is you need to do the opposite. Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, yes, it does make sense because you're dealing with the power of God and that enemy of yours who you hate with a passion is actually loved by God. And God doesn't condone their wickedness, just like God doesn't condone our wickedness. But if you want to make a difference in the kingdom of God, if you want to be a light, then you do what God says, and you trust him in that. You don't go up and say, okay, I'm going to pray for my enemy, and then, you know, and I'm good, and I expect my enemy to love me. No. What you do is you go to battle for your enemy. You may not realize it, but they may be in a really bad spiritual place. And it would be a whole lot better if they came to themselves and said, wow, look at what I'm doing. And then they became different in this manner. They put off the things that they do that are hurtful. And they put on this stuff. And then there might be reconciliation. And if you've ever had that experience where you had an enemy and you reconciled and you became friends with him, you've seen this process. And the process is beautiful. You think about in school, as you grew up and everyone's trying to establish the pecking order, and and they're trampling on one another, trying to get to that position where they want to be. And you end up hating somebody for some reason. But then later on, you're hanging out with them, you're doing something, and you guys realize, you know, we got some things in common. This is kind of cool. And then you become buddies. And next thing you know, you're hanging out and sharing life together. Isn't that cool? That's what God wants for enemies. He doesn't want us to sit there and hate people, because when we hate our enemies, what we're doing is we're harboring hate in our own hearts. And the more hate that we harbor, the more hate fills us, and it influences us, and it gets our minds on things of the earth and not things above. As Paul says to the believers in Colossae, he said in chapter 3, verse 2, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these things, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. That's such a cool passage. There's a thing we have to do. We don't just walk around like we're oblivious and, you know, okay, God, do something really cool through me. It's not like that all the time. Now, does God do cool things through us? Oh, yeah. God does amazing things through us. But we have the responsibility as believers to put off those old things that we once lived in because we're all in the same boat, we're all screwed up in some manner, and put on these new things. Put on love because love is the bond of perfection. And when people see the love of God in you, they see something different and it's impacting. Colossians 3.12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, that's us. We're chosen. We're holy. We're beloved in God's eyes. That's cool because a lot of times we don't feel like that. I know I don't. I don't feel holy and I don't feel loved. I feel like just, you know, whatever. But I have to remind myself in God's eyes, I am holy and beloved. Put on a compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. You must also forgive. 
And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. We need to be thankful, people, because we have a lot to be thankful for. And if you don't think you have a lot to be thankful for, then you're deceived. You do have a lot to be thankful for. Number one, God loves you. Number two, you have a hope in heaven in eternity with him. Number three, God is using you for his glory, and you're going to be rewarded for that. So be thankful for that. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Now, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We put off the old man or old woman. We put on the new, and it's made in the image of Christ. That's where the glory is, when the Holy Spirit is moving in us, and we now become different. We become a reflection of God. And even though you may look at yourself and go, yeah, I don't think I'm reflecting God, if you do these things, people are going to see that. And then you'll understand when it says a God created man in his likeness or in his image. Well, if you want to be in the likeness of God, then act like God and you put on these things. You now own these things. This is the way we behave. This is the way that we act. This is the way we are called to live as believers. And you will be totally blown away when you see how much God will help you do these things. Because we can't do it on our own. It's our choice to put these things on, but it's God's power. It's like power steering in a car. We steer the car. And if you've ever driven an old car without power steering and your arms are about to fall off after a couple of minutes because it's so difficult to steer, you realize when you get in your car that wheel's really easy to steer. It's not because of your power. It's your decision to steer it. But the power steering, the components that are involved in that make it a lot easier. That's the way the Holy Spirit is. We have to choose to steer in the right direction, and he gives us the power to do it. So put off the old, put on the new, focus on Jesus, be a light, and be blessed. Thank you.